Hello and welcome to the Nutmeg Podcast, where we discuss the issues that matter to your money with the aim of inspiring you to feel financially confident, investment savvy and empowered to reach your goals. I'm Kat Mann from Nutmeg. And I'm Annabelle Williams, also from Nutmeg. In this episode, we'll be talking with financial advisor Chris Liebertrau from Nutmeg's Wealth Services team about the value that a good financial plan can bring in tricky economic climates. Everyone has an idea about what a financial advisor is, even though a report from the FCA in 2020 found that only 8% of people had actually been to see a financial advisor. Chris, you're a young man and a financial advisor, and it's a job you love. What got you into this career? Morning, both. Thank you for having me on. Um, So my own journey as a financial planner started in 2011. I'd just finished university and was working at a small financial planning firm in the admin team. My father, that was 52 at the time, had a pretty devastating workplace injury that left him unable to work. So my father consulted our firm's senior financial planner, and he involved me in those sessions where I could see firsthand the impact and benefit of cash flow planning, and what actions were required in order for my parents to live a comfortable life, which had now obviously dramatically changed. Seeing that reassurance and relief spread across my parents' face when they could see they were going to be okay was one of the most comforting things ever. And I knew that this was going to be the career for me. So what did you study at university? So I did information systems and economics. So did you have ideas about what financial advice was like before you got a job at a finance firm after uni? Not really. And and when I was first working, I was, as I said, pretty much in the admin team. So, you know, faxing, scanning, you know, carrying client files, but not actually involved in um, financial planning. Um, So it was really the opportunity to kind of see it firsthand that made you think, I always knew I was probably going to go into finance and economics degree possibly steers you that way, although not always the case. It was seeing it firsthand that really made you think, actually, this is something that I I can get involved with. This is something that I kind of see the benefit of potentially. A hundred percent. Yeah. And then, so you were in an admin role, your dad had had this kind of transformative experience and then did you decide to go and take some financial advice exams? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So following that you know, meeting, I, I knew from then that I wanted to be in, in financial planning. So I went and did my, my sort of certified financial planning qualifications. Mm. And then what would you do on a day-to-day basis? You speak uh, like in real time to clients about their kind of financial issues. Yeah, absolutely. So what we would do, you know, typically we would get, you know, a, an initial meeting where we'd get a fact find completed. Um, people can. Can I? Sorry, can I just for those that uh, listeners that might not be fully as uh, au fait with the jargon, when we talk about fact find, what kind of things are you looking to get from customers? Sort of. Um, the nutmeg process for that is an online questionnaire. Some will have, like some financial advisors will have you come in. Um, what are the sort of things that we try and get to the bottom of? What are the things that that fact find hopes to sort of discover about? You know, if, if I came to see you and you sort of said, great, these are some of the things that we're going to find out. What? Let's give some examples. Perfect. So, yeah, as, 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 as you mentioned, our... Um we have a digital fact find to complete and it has, you know, the, the um, analytical things like incomes, assets, liabilities and expenditures, but also asks certain, you know, soft type questions, your goals and objectives, what, what you want your money to have meaning for, you know, whether you have various intentions to leave a legacy to your children or, you know, go on a certain number of holidays per, you know, during retirement, that sort of thing. So that's establishing very, you know, very much the um, 
hard facts as well as the softer things that you hope to achieve or aspirational type things that you'd hope to achieve. So your- kind of a good balance between what we might think of in terms of a budget. So what's coming in and what's going out and the sort of essentials, but also, as you say, those softer aspirational things, what I would potentially hope to achieve. You know, we talk in the intro to the podcast around reaching your sort of goals. That's that sort of softer side of things. Do I want to travel the world, say, go sailing around the world, or do I want to just sit in Skegness you know that sort of difference yeah definitely so you know those those things are are super important um to establish you know not everyone you know some people think of um you know financial planning only being a preserve of the wealthy but wealth is a relative concept at the end of the day so you know someone that only wants to be able to as you say sit sit on their sort of coastal beachside town and and go for walks on the beach every day may not need much to retire on but um, you know, someone else that wants to go on two overseas holidays per year might need slightly more, and it, it becomes a and it's planning and modelling those scenarios, which is important. I really love that that you said. You know, wealth is a relative concept because one of the things that I really enjoyed um, thinking about as a finance journalist was that you know, for a lot of people today, it's not about becoming rich objectively, but being rich is often being able to fulfil your dreams. Do you know what I mean? As markers of kind of success, in a way. So I think it's it's important because you'll get an understanding of one person's um, sort of ambition and goals being different. Annabelle's views will be a little bit different to mine. And it's going to be a little bit about me as the individual seeking financial advice, understanding their financial situation. And then also you as the financial advisor getting to understand an individual. Yeah, definitely. So whilst each person will complete their fact find, you know, online or or on a piece of paper, depending on the advisor that you see, um, you know, once you've completed that fact find, you very much will have a fact finding meeting where you, you know, actually it's it's that interpretation when the proper establishment and understanding of your goals and objectives, what you, you know, what gives you meaning to your money, what you really want to achieve um, or, or what, you know, you want your retirement to be or your goals goals to be. And I think, you know, this year has definitely been a tough one for a lot of people, financially speaking, the, you know, high increasing prices, we've seen inflation at a 40 year high, the cost of living is continuing to rise, you can barely pick up a paper now or watch the news without seeing something about it. And I also know, you know, there's been a real big surge and interest in terms of budgeting, lots of people really want to understand what their um, sort of financial situation looks like. And I think actually probably some of that started around the pandemic when everyone's sort of financial situation became a bit more centre stage. Do you kind of think or how can the tools that financial planners use, financial planners like yourself use, help people during really changing economic times? Great. So, you know, financial planning is on, is a, is on a sliding scale of complexity it's essential to start at the foundation stages, which involve awareness of your current situation. This is as, this is as simple as having insight into what you spend on a monthly basis. You know, keeping a spreadsheet, going through your bank transactions. You can use apps available to do this. It's also important to know what income you have coming in and what and any changes in the future. Once you have that clear insight of the income and expenditure, you can then start to budget effectively. Once you've, had, once you've established a budget, you can then start to define your necessary expenditure and where any surplus income can then best be utilised. You know, you'd possibly start to first with paying off any unsecured debt, then building up some cash or emergency funds, 
And then thereafter, potentially looking at building up some investment pots. Yeah. Budgeting has become huge. If you type hashtag budgeting into Instagram, you will get up thousands of posts. And they're often um, influencers who've kind of, uh, you know, taken pictures of these beautiful tableaus of, you know, a nice kitchen table with uh, a spreadsheet and some lovely highlighters and pens in gorgeous coordinating colours. And I think it's really great that there are people out there who are actually... Um, they, I mean, they are, they're doing it themselves, which is a good thing to do uh, for all the reasons that you've just mentioned, because generally people, although you know how much you earn and you've got a good idea how much things cost, a lot of us go around in a bit of a fog where we're not actually sure where our money goes. You know, why do I get to the end of the month and I've got barely anything left? So there are people doing it, which is fantastic, but they're also kind of making like a, a lifestyle out of it. And they're taking something that was kind of old-fashioned and dull and uncool, but actually making it kind of engaging. And um, there are lots of different methods of budgeting. Um, I did an article recently where I had tried out various different forms. So you've got the kind of basic one where you, um, you know, just kind of write down everything that you spend um, and then use that to decide where you could reduce expenditure or uh, kind of boost savings and so forth. And then you've got um, the more austere form or austere form um, where you kind of decide to have no spend days and then you build that up to no spend weeks. And then you've got other ones like there's this Japanese version called Kakibo where you divide your um, your expenditure into uh, different sections. So you've got like wants, needs, um, an emergency pot for, you know, when the boiler breaks and then. Because it's Japanese, they've also got a little dedicated section for cultural participation. So it's um, the money that you would spend on, you know, going to a museum or a gig or in the UK, the TV license, for example, or Netflix. And I really love that because it just shows that kind of, you know, budgeting and, and trying to spend less isn't about living a really dull life. It's also about just kind of being mindful with where you spend your money so that you can spend it on things you value. And it doesn't have to mean, you know, you can never have a Netflix subscription ever again. You can still do that, but just kind of within the confines of what your future goals are. And I think it's um, I think it's really interesting. I always used to be a person who would take out my a certain amount of money and that's what I would spend my sort of nice to have money on in a week. And the cash would allow me to see how far in a week I'd got through that, say, 100 or 200 pounds in terms of going out for dinner or even things like putting fuel in the car. And I do think there's become a little bit more of a focus now on, it's not, as Annabelle says, it's not about necessarily cutting back. It's about knowing where you're spending and potentially, I guess, where, as you said, where you could be spending or could be allocating money differently and then the impact that can have. Mm -hmm. The thing about budgeting is that it doesn't make the high cost of living go away. You know, writing down your income and recording your expenditure doesn't make anything cost any less, but it can help you feel in control. And I think that's one of the reasons that it's become so much more popular. Um, I want to ask you, Chris, sometimes people think financial planning is only relevant when they've got a big sum of money or a life event to contend with, like an inheritance or they've got divorced. In reality, advisors support people outside of those moments. And can you talk to us about why? Yeah, absolutely. So financial planning is about the bigger picture and preparing for different scenarios based on various assumptions. You know, your financial journey in life is like setting off for sail across the ocean. 
but having a financial plan is your compass bearing or, or GPS pointing you in the right direction of where you intend to end up. There will inevitably be headwinds, tailwinds, tides and waves that may blow you off course, but with regular v- review of this plan, it can set you back on the right path. Would we, sorry, would we think of some of those kind of like headwinds and tailwinds, you know, Annabelle sort of mentioned, are things like that potentially a life event? So, for example, a big inheritance or, you know, sort of something that, you know, we sort of think of an inheritance which might be a sort of financially a boost. Are those the kind of events that we're sort of talking about there? Yeah, absolutely. So inheritance, uh, promotions, redundancies, um, you know, th- those sorts of things, a, a partner that may be, you know, injured at work, you know, f- for instance. Um, the sudden rise of inflation to a 40-year <laughs> high that nobody expected. Exactly, exactly. By seeing the impact of those potential changes in these scenarios, we are then able to assist in making changes to your current situation in order to prepare for your desired scenario. Things such as, you know, retiring earlier, more frequent holidays during retirement, or leaving a legacy to those most important to you. You know, specifically, this can be things such as, you know, using, you know, making the most of tax-efficient structures, pensions, ICEs, lifetime ICEs, junior ICEs, all that's relevant to you. Putting together a plan that can give you options in the future is looking beyond the current environment, but more importantly, to remind people of sticking to that plan, as opposed to letting their own emotions dictate any financial decisions that that can potentially have negative impacts. I imagine that element around emotion and finances is actually sort of probably quite a big pit of the role for a financial and a financial planner. You know, one of the things that we always try to do is find that balance between thinking objectively about our our money when actually we are it's a very subjective and emotive and emotional subject. Yeah, I mean, not only because when you're uh, saving money, you've got particular goals in mind, like, you know, your child's potential university costs or, um, I don't know, holidays or a wedding, but also because we've all been raised with a particular attitude towards money. You know, you can't help but absorb your parents' kind of, uh, you know, financial mindset in a sense. You know, um, I'm really fascinated by this idea about how, Trying to uh, kind of manage money is about balancing today's needs and desires with those of your future self. And there was a study published in the Harvard Business Review, and they found that people made better financial decisions after being encouraged to visualise themselves as an old person. And um, it's interesting because visualisations are used by athletes. They um, are encouraged to uh, picture themselves actually, you know, at the start of the race, you know, um, getting ready to to do what they want to do. And um, yeah, they've been found to help their performance. So I think the parallels between that, between people who are trying to reach financial goals and people who are training for a uh, future sporting goal are really, you know, quite interesting. Um, Chris, right, how do you motivate people to prioritise their future self? Yeah, so Annabel, that's an interesting question. That does speak to the financial planning process. In the financial planning process, we ask things, you know, we ask questions such as, you know, who do you know that has retired well? And, you know, what is your definition of a good retirement? Yeah, is, is it holidays once a year or is it leaving a legacy to your children? You know, that, that university funding for your grandchild, that sort of thing. As, as mentioned before, by setting out various scenarios on a cash flow plan, it gives someone a visual representation and a lens into what their future could look like based on certain decisions they make. And that cash flow plan, is that like a budget? Like explain to us what a cash flow plan is. 
So cash flow planning involves assessing your current and forecasted wealth, along with money coming in and money going out, so your income and expenditure. This enables us to create the picture of your finances now and into the future using a number of assumptions, things such as inflation and investment growth, in order to assess your current situation and recommend the best course of action for you going forward. And then, so with like cash flow and you're looking at your income now and then in the future, you would put down what your salary is and then like if you get bonuses or overtime, and then would you kind of assume that you might get, you know, a small pay rise each year, for example? Exactly right. So you have growth assumptions linked to your your incomes and expenditures, whether they're going to be inflation linked or if you're expecting not to be at the peak of your career yet, you may well want to um, increase that that salary, you know, with bonuses or or, um, higher than inflation assumption with that too. Yeah. And then if you've got some investments, basically, you'd look at how they're performing and then you would um, make assumptions about how they're going to do in the coming years. So yeah, absolutely. You would you would assign a growth assumption to your various investment pots based on their asset allocations and and you know there's the reasonable probability to achieve those returns ahead of inflation over time. Oh, that's really interesting. So basically, it's like um, you've got this kind of uh, like plan of if you keep going, you stay in the same job, you've got investments and that. This is where you will uh, you know be financially in like five years time, for example. Exactly right. So that would be your default scenario. But then we would look at different scenarios off the back of that. So we can clone that that output and then say, right, let's look at it if you wanted to retire five years earlier or you wanted to spend more in retirement or you, you're expecting a, a big promotion or, or a big windfall income from an inheritance in five years' time. Yeah, or like would you do a kind of model where it's like, well, if you saved so many hundred pound a month extra – then you could end up with this. Exactly right. So it, it really helps you to make, you know, tailor those financial decisions. You know, a young person that can makes that makes subtle changes to their budget and focuses focus a few higher percentage points towards their savings and investment, it can have a remarkable effect on the long term, you know, future of their of their financial, you know, portfolio. This is largely due to the fact that they've effectively adjusted their lifestyles to live and learn to live on less. But at the same time, also the benefit of compounding and how these funds grow over time. Yeah, I think this is fantastic, actually, because, you know, one of the issues with um, people trying to balance the needs of their self today with their self in the future is it's really, really difficult to even imagine yourself as an older person, you know. And, um, uh, you know, there's so much about like, oh, save money, save money. But it's really difficult to see how that can actually add up. But, you know, if you're doing these models for people where you can say, like, in five years with your savings and your job, da-da-da-da-da, this is what it will be like, I just think that's really great. I was going to say, I think those, like, different options around scenarios, particularly as well, you know, if you retired five years earlier, you also, I assume, take into account the fact that that's essentially five years more you're living in retirement. So it it really helps people to Annabelle's point around visualisation, around understanding what that financial sort of journey looks like and how changes could have have an impact either you know hopefully positively but potentially also kind of negatively and how you come back and sort of reassess yeah absolutely and and that's scenario planning is um is paramount what you know to be clear i'm not trying to suggest you know only focusing your your necessary expenditure and then you know living in pursuit of future financial freedom 
it's it's about making intelligent decisions to make sure that you can still live a comfortable and happy life now and into the future as well. I think that's quite a nice positive note to sort of end on that element around doing the things that you want to be able to do now, which I think there's a lot of pressure on people around. Is is there sort of good news at the moment? And then also having good news in the future. It really makes me feel like financial planning is about kind of having more of a sense of control over what's going on. Perfect. So thank you very much for joining us, Chris. Um, It's been a really interesting discussion. And thank you to all of our listeners. Remember, if you like what you hear, please do like, share and subscribe. And feel free to contact us via the Nutmeg social media channels with any ideas or themes you'd like us to talk about on a future episode of the podcast. Until next time, thanks very much for listening. Topics discussed in this podcast are for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for financial advice. As with all investing, your capital is at risk. The value of your portfolio with Nutmeg can go down as well as up and you may get back less than you invest. Tax treatment depends on your individual circumstances and may be subject to change in the future. Projections are never a perfect predictor of future performance and are intended as an aid to decision making, not as a guarantee.